Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone, I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And we're We're identical identical twins. And... We're identical twins who are having, having a, a birthday. birthday. <laughs> are we the only people excited about their own birthdays? I don't know, Kel. I, I mean, I think kids are excited. <laughs> Kelly and Kerry were born in Methuen, Massachusetts to Tom and Francine Bellarado on December, December 12. 12. Yeah, okay, so we are in the middle of 12 days of birthday. Yes. Oh, have you guys been following along? Or you have to find us on social media yes. because we are doing <laughs> birthday posts every day to get ready for the 12th of December. I mean, who only celebrates their birthday for a day? No, it's 12 days. It's 12 days. And 12 <laughs> is our favorite number. That's a fun fact. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so Kelly, we are doing a special bonus birthday episode right. on December 12th, so everybody has to be looking out for that. It is a Hymn Talk Twin Talk first. <laughs> yeah, we're doing these question and answers. So, you guys, this is your chance to get to know Hymn Talk Twin Talk, and if you have any questions about the podcast, the hymns, life as a twin, if you want to get the dirt on Kelly, you can ask me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so be looking for that on December 12th. And really, the only way to find out about these things is to follow us on social media. Right, right. So we are Him Talk Twin Talk on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, we're Him Talk. Yeah, so come find us. Mm-hmm. And you can also send us an email at himtalktwintalk at gmail.com. Yeah, we're excited about that. You know, and you know what? <laughs> if you don't get excited and celebrate your birthday, like, it just could be depressing. So it's true, especially when you're our age. <laughs> when you're our age. So yeah. you better make it something fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this will be our first Him Talk Twin Talk birthday, and we hope mm-hmm. that you guys will join us. And we're having such a good time in Advent. Yes. And I'm telling people to check out some of our older episodes, too. Absolutely. last year, episodes 11 through 14 mm-hmm. were, you know, Advent and Christmas carols. Yes. And, you know, if you haven't heard, you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. <sighs> o Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Such a great one. We sang that on the first Sunday of Advent at yeah. our church. Yeah. It's episode number 11. So give that a listen if you haven't right. yet. And then after O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was... Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. And that was, you know, one of our favorites, actually. And then after episode 12 was episode 13 with, yes. like, a favorite of so many people. Yep. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Oh, people love that one. I know, I know, I know. And then we ended the whole season with... Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Right now, I'm singing that with both my choir at church and my choir at school. Right now, we're looking forward to singing for Christmas. Our choir is going to sing Joy to the World. And, you know, singing in a choir is a big part of your Christmas tradition. Right, Right, Kelly? Right. So we have so much choir singing, accompanying, conducting, you know, in our background. Right. We actually reached out to this choir conductor from Mesa, Arizona. Yes. He is the conductor of an 80-voice choir. Sometimes it's up to 100. Mm -hmm. They're called the East Valley Chorale. Now, if that's familiar to some of you, we featured the East Valley Chorale back in episode 18 when we featured the hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great one. And we loved the choir. We loved their singing. We loved their arrangement. And we ended up kind of talking back and forth with the conductor. His name is Bruce Cochran. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to interview him. We right. wanted to talk to him. This this 21st century choral conductor. Yep. 
who's been doing it for 22 years at least you and know. who is still doing it now yeah. in the pandemic right his choir is still going strong amazing so we talked to him and decided okay what hymn can we share we want to share your choir's music we want to interview you mm-hmm. and we decided an awesome hymn for Christmas kind of a modern song that is so popular so and popular. sung by so many different people I mean it's almost a little unexpected for him to talk twin talk now, I know because it's not really a hymn right right but we are so excited to share all right do you want to tell them yes. what the song is this week's song right on him talk twin talk is mary, mary did you know yay so let's run the interview kel we yes. got to sit down and talk with bruce about his choir the east valley chorale mm-hmm. and let's run the interview and then we'll come back and talk more about the song all right all right kelly this is like our first time having someone almost make a reappearance yes right because we shared his music and his choir for the old rugged cross right which was so awesome so good and now he's back so this is bruce cochran hi bruce welcome to him talk twin talk thank you glad to be here so i found bruce on twitter and we immediately connected. He's a choral conductor. And of course, you know, it was during the pandemic and we weren't singing. Right. And I could find him and his choir on Amazon Music. And I was just so impressed and so happy to hear choral singing. Tell us a little bit about your background, Bruce. Where are you from? And tell us about this choir. Yeah. Okay. Um, I grew up in Virginia on a dairy farm. Oh. I went to um, Eastern Nazarene College, which I guess you guys are familiar Up with. Up here in Boston. Wow. Yes. Right. So I went there a couple of years, started in music, and then thought, well, I don't, I'm not sure if I could make a living in music. So I uh, switched over into math and gradually finally ended up in engineering at Northeastern, you know, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Not far from us at all. That was electrical engineering. Then, um, I had done music in high school, but not directing or anything like that. And then I sang in the college choir there at Eastern Nazarene College. Then we moved to um, California. I worked out there for Hughes Aircraft in El Segundo and went to UCLA and uh, started. That's when I kind of started getting interested in directing choirs. Mm. And so I did that, you know, for a while there and, um, I actually even took some conducting classes. It just worked out that I could take some at USC while I was studying engineering there. So that kind of worked out. And then we moved, my wife, Kathy and I moved from California over here to Arizona and um, started, I was directing a church choir, a couple church choirs. So I did that, you know, for a while. And then we changed churches. So then I went to another church and directed that choir for about eight years. Wow. And then they, they decided that they didn't really want to have a choir anymore. Mm. You know, a lot of churches kind of started doing that. Yeah. And so at that point in time, that was like 22 years ago. Um, that's when I started the East Valley Corral. So we started out with about, um, oh, I think 10 singers and an accompanist and myself. And we had our singers were from three different churches at right. that point in time. And so so that's kind of the beginning. So 22 years ago, they decided to do away with the with the worship choir, the, the adult singing choir. And were they still singing right. hymns at the church? Or did they completely move to contemporary? Yeah, it was all pretty much contemporary. Yeah. Like a lot of churches, they they might sing a hymn, but it's kind of contemporized, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I started this group, you know, at that point, I was able to kind of get going. Now it was... We started small. Back in those days, um, you know, there was such a thing as a newspaper, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They had a religious section Mm -hmm. in it. And so I'd put little ads in there. Hey, you want to come and sing with us? Right. So gradually it started growing. It's taken a long time. And, um, you know, before COVID, we had about 80 people in it from about 50 churches. Wow. So you are in Mesa, Arizona. And like, how, how, what's the range of towns or cities that people are coming from to sing in? Like, what's, is East Valley the the region? Yeah, Mesa is kind of the east, southeast part of of the Phoenix area. Okay. We have a couple, we have one couple that comes from Sun City West, and they drive about an hour to get to it. You know, it's about an hour. We have a few people that live down in um, Casa Grande, 
which is probably like maybe 40 minutes away. Mm. Uh, but now sometimes like if we sing, like occasionally we'll sing out in East Mesa way or way out in Apache Junction, you know, mm. which is pretty far east. So those folks then are driving, some of them are really driving, you know, an hour and a half to get there. To get there, yeah. So we generally sing in the East Valley area. Okay. Though. I mean, it's so funny because I hear East Valley and I think they must be like on the East Coast. Right. They're like nowhere like, near oh, here. Yeah. East yeah. Valley of Arizona. Right. right. The How east, is that possible? It's the East of the Southwest. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Now, the, your singers, are they singing in their own church choirs too? Like who are you, where are you drawing your pool from? Yeah. Many of them don't have choirs anymore. Okay. In yeah. fact, we, we kind of jokingly refer to our group as uh, choir refugees you know yeah i saw that because yeah yeah, because they don't have any other place now some of them do a few Mm. of them do yeah i also direct another choir you know um uh, an an rv park choir um so you know out here out where we live now they're not the kind of rvs that people drive around on the back of their truck you know not that kind it's the big kind you know like these have two thousand units you know a gigantic place now, some people drive these, you know, $900,000 units, you know, that they come and spend the winter, right? right. They'll come from, well, they don't come from Massachusetts usually. Right. They come from either, you know, Iowa or, you know, Minnesota or Canada. I, because I direct this other RV park choir mm-hmm. in the spring, we would combine both choirs. Oh. And I usually would kind of pick music that we could use with both groups. Mm. We would put those those groups together. Okay. And we would have a big concert with an orchestra in the spring. Wow. And, and so we have a lot of concerts. I mean, that's one thing about the East Valley Chorale. We sing, I think I figured it out that the the year that we, you know, the year COVID started, we had 31 concerts scheduled. What? So we got to do like eight. I'm curious, does your choir, like, does its membership require any kind of signing on to your statement of faith? Is it anything like that? Or can anyone come in and sing? Well, so far, pretty much anyone can come in. Okay. Um, It's kind of an implicit assumption that, you know, most of the people are believers. Okay. I'm just wondering um, if there there's a population of singers who miss singing right now because so much has stopped. If they would be like, oh, this group still is in existence and still singing. I want to be a part of it. And I wonder if that would attract some more b- different people that maybe wouldn't have done it before. That's probably true. I, I really would like to get some kids that have gotten out of high school, for instance, yeah. that love to sing yeah. and have no place to sing. Right. But it's, it's really hard to find them people i know you know i know so if you have any students that move out this way let me know i will we definitely will we definitely will now we are this week's podcast is is all focused on the song mary did you know right right and so you have an arrangement of that with your choir yes yeah, we'll be sharing your choir mm-hmm. from their recording what, what do you know the name of the album that it's from i think it's under bethlehem skies yeah, so your music is available for people who love choral music mm-hmm. and love hymns. And you have uh, some modern pieces, too, some contemporary, but it's a lot of hymns. Um, right. And, yeah, people can go to Amazon Music and search up East Valley Chorale. We'll share it all with our listeners. Yeah. How do you go about choosing your music? And was there anything special about Mary Did You Know that made you want to pick that one? As far as how do I choose, I guess we try to get a variety of styles, yeah. like you said. So, some, you know... Do you hear what I hear? And some of those songs that people, I heard the bell on Christmas Day, those kind of songs we try to do. But Mary, Did You Know, I just thought it was a a nice, uh, it's a song a lot of people know and a lot of people like. And it turned out that, you know, that year when we recorded that, uh, Mark Turner was our soloist and his voice fit that song well. And so, so that, that, that was part of the reason. Um, So, yeah, so that was, that was our main motivation at that point. It seems to, it seems to appeal to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, that song. It does. Well, it definitely has crossed over into the, into the secular world. I mean, all the artists are doing it. I I mean, Pentatonix has a great acapella version. Have you heard that one? Yes, yes. uh My students, my high school students, just are obsessed with pentatonic. Right. And that is such a beautiful arrangement. Do you do a cappella pieces with your choir? Um, We've done a few. We don't do a whole lot, um, but we do some. We we had one on, we have two different Christmas albums. Mm -hmm. Um, The 
other album we had is called My Heart is Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And we did an acapella section or an acapella song on there called Rise Up. Mm. And that was that's a pretty pretty fun one. Is that Rise Up Shepherd and yeah. Follow? Yeah. That's yeah, that's the that's the lyric, but the song is actually called Rise. That particular arrangement is just called Rise Up. Okay. But yes, that's the that's the song. Do you still have like a Monday through Friday electrical engineering job? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You yeah. do? <laughs> so, yeah. So. That's so yeah. funny. Does your engineering coworkers do they know what you do in music off hours? Yeah, um, quite a few of them have come to concerts, you know, Um, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, so that's been kind of nice that way. And a couple of them actually from work have joined the choir, you know, sing with us. That's so great. That's so great. When you sing, what voice part are you? Are you tenor, bass? What are you? I'm kind of a baritone, not very high, not very low, so kind of in the middle. Yeah, that's how we are, too. I know, I know. (laughs) Not too high, not too low. All right. Well, this was really great talking to you. We loved hearing all about your choir. And I maybe hopefully you'll get some fans from this. Yeah. Our listeners will go on and, and listen to your music. Yeah. And, you know, you can make that big road trip up to the Northeast. Yes. Visit your old stomping grounds in Boston and do a concert <laughs> oh, with yeah. us. Yeah. We talked at one time. We talked a couple of years ago about maybe trying to to make a do a tour. You yes. Know? I, I have family in Virginia and, you know, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, yeah, you could come and sing at our church. Let's give a little shout out to your church. So what's the name of your church in Mesa? Well, the church that we go to actually is in Chandler. It's called Crossroads okay. Nazarene Church. Oh. We have um, co- co-lead pastors, which is kind of new for our church. Okay. Uh, a, a fairly young man and his wife, Brett and Tara Smith. Oh. And so they, they've been supportive. They're, they're very good. They're very enthusiastic. Our church is just kind of, we have a lot of, a good bit of property that, you know, we had gotten when they built this church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that they built the church about 20 years ago, I guess. And so we're just kind of getting started to have this, um, kind of a sports ministry. They're going to actually turn this open field into some sports, you know, like soccer fields. Yeah. That's great. I'm excited about it. You hear of churches who do that, like a a community of churches that come together from like two, three different towns. They they have their own baseball league. I mean, it's nice. And it's, it's so great because... They may be, they may offer options outside of Sunday mornings, you know, because right now, if you want to play sports, there's a lot of things on Sundays. Yeah. We we always said a church league would be so awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, we just want to say thank you again Mm -hmm. for being here and talking with us. We can't wait to share your version of Mary Did You Know with our listeners. Right. Yeah. They're going to love it. I love being able to share choral music. The last two episodes, Kelly, were like solo singers, singers, and now we get this big chorus. Right. Right. And orchestra. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate your, your interest in everything. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 That was great talking to him. I mean, honestly, it makes me feel like there's hope to have singing back and choral singing back. I mean, they're doing it. Yeah. I actually love their idea of the RV choir. <laughs> Um, first of all, I want to own an RV. And like they vacation to Arizona. Sure, why not? I want to be in an RV choir. <laughs> so, of course, the song really wasn't written for a choir. I, I mean, I love the choral arrangement. And I think it's so cool because we haven't shown a lot of choirs, right, you know, right. recently. But originally, it wasn't written for a choir. It was actually written for a dramatic presentation. Mm-hmm. It was just a set of words. Um, the, we learned that the words were written first mm-hmm. by this gentleman named Mark Lowry, and he really felt inspired. Mm-hmm. He felt inspired by Mary's story to write these words. And this was back in 1984, mm-hmm. and he kept the words and was trying to find the right musical accompaniment, and it wasn't until 1991 that the music was created by Buddy Green. Yeah. So Mark Lowry and Buddy Green did work together. They were co-workers. They performed together with the Gaithers. And they created this beautiful, beautiful song. Right. Let's show the music. I'll play it on the piano. Okay. You read the words. Mm -hmm. I feel like most people know this, maybe not even from church, but they maybe just know it from, you know, hearing other recordings on on Christmas albums. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Kel, read the words. Okay. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? 
will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day child you're holding is the great, the great I am. Oh, Mary, did you know? Those words are spectacular. They are. Let's hear about this Mark Lowry count. Okay, so Mark Lowry was born in 1958 to Charles and Bev Lowry in Humble, Texas. Wow. So, I mean, this is kind of cool, Cal. We have two Writers, yes, who collaborated on this song, and they're both, I mean, still alive. I mean, theoretically, they could be listening. Mark, we're you? we're hoping we're hoping you're here. We're big fans, Mark. Okay, so yeah, this is very cool. We have yet to have a right. song, you know, with people. You know, this is a hymn talk, twin talk first. Awesome. So he was born in this town called Humble, Texas, mm-hmm. Cal, and I really. I, it I it piqued my interest right away. Okay. Wouldn't you like to live in a town called I know, Humble? I know. Is there a town nearby called Proud? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it says that he was attending the Berean Baptist Church. Um, his grandfather was led to the Lord by a pastor there. Um, and I just think that's really cool. Like the grandfather brought the whole family to church, and it just reminded me of us because it was really our grandmother who right. who, who did that for our family. Yes. You know, so the church is still there. They're on Facebook, the Berean Baptist. Their pastor Randall Hicks is actually doing the services. We can listen to his sermons on Facebook mm-hmm. Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. The name Humble. It was oh. named after one of its earliest settlers, oh. a man named Pleasant Smith Humble. So I feel like he has great names, right. Pleasant and humble um and he arrived in about 1826 now it struck me as so cool your name is pleasant humble and they name the town after you because you do so many good things right. in the town and you know here in massachusetts we don't have that that often right you know here in new england our towns really for the most part are named after places in england right or Scotland or Ireland. I mean, literally, we're called New England. Right. We also have indigenous names. So yes. our t- our state, Massachusetts, you know, yep. then you have like Penobscot and yep. Methuen and Nantucket. We do have a few exceptions. Yeah. You know, you will find. So, we, of course, we have Franklin, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So that's named after a person. Do you know who, Cal? Benjamin Franklin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Quincy, Massachusetts. Oh. We just talked about it with Chris. I know. John Quincy Adams? Yeah, well, the whole Quincy family. Right. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, you know, I just thought, how do you get a name like Humble? Right, I, I loved right, it. It really right. kind of made me interested in, so in finding out some more. I don't know, maybe a fun fact? Um, <laughs> but they there was oil discovered in Humble, and it really became this tent city overflowing with people as well as oil. And oil discoveries just continued to mount. And by 1905, the Humble oil field was the largest producing field in Texas. Wow. And the Humble Oil and Refining Company became the Exxon Corporation. Well, that is a fun fact. Yeah, so it started in Humble. And we know that Humble, if you're wondering, yeah. is about 20 miles outside of Houston, Texas. Yeah, I mean, so not far from. We could go see an Astros game. <laughs> And then drive the 20 minutes to um, see the Humble Museum on Higgins Street. (laughs) And the birthplace of Exxon. And the birthplace of Mark Mark Lowry. Lowry. Okay, so what (laughs) happened? Mark Lowry definitely started in Humble, 
Texas. Mm -hmm. He ended up attending and graduating from Liberty University. Cool. And in 1984, he was contacted by Liberty's president, Jerry Falwell, who asked him to write the program for the Living Christmas Tree, which was their church music performance. Now, do you know that the Living Christmas Tree is still performed today? It's just called the Virginia Christmas Spectacular. It was described in a press release from Liberty University as Thomas Road Baptist Church's holiday musical featuring church members, the choir, and Liberty University students. And it has been hosting the annual show since 1971, the year Liberty University was founded. That Christmas show? Yeah. So is it different every year? Yeah, it's different every year. And so they asked Mark Lowry to write these words. And that's what he did. Lowry wrote a series of monologues that were based on Christmas songs, including a conversation with Mary about the birth and life of her son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. He said, and this is a quote. (laughs) I wanted to ask her what it was like to raise God. We read that the word became flesh, and it was just a very powerful thought to look at those little hands of Jesus that had scooped out oceans, land, and rivers. So he worked on the lyrics for years. Mm -hmm. So what they looked like at that very beginning for that presentation, I don't know. But it says that he worked and reworked them for years. And it wasn't until he approached a Southern Gospel singer, songwriter, and harmonica player, Buddy Green, on a tour bus. And he said, I wrote a poem with some questions for Mary. And then Green agreed to come up with some music for the words, completing the instrumentation in just a few days. The result was this Christmas classic. And Lowry said, in a quote, (laughs) that's what happened. Really, all I did was write a poem. Buddy turned it into a song. Makes sense. And here, doesn't he sound so humble? I know he does. Coming from humble Texas. He is from humble. I know. Obviously, this Mark Lowry is talented. Yeah. He's humble. But I read up on him, Carrie. He's described as an internationally known singer, storyteller, humorist, author, and songwriter. Now, humorist? Humorist, you might say? What do you mean, humorist? Humorist, storyteller, I'm those things. (laughs) (laughs) It says his desire is to communicate profound truths through songs and stories that keep his multi-generational audience on the edge of their seats. Wow. Yep. So he is doing these comedy shows. Yes. I mean, do we have some of his jokes? Yes. So <laughs> I I looked him up. He's pretty funny. And we can you can find him on YouTube and he has a, okay. a great website. We'll share all we'll his information. We'll share all of this. So his big thing is that all dogs go to heaven. Okay. He has t-shirts that you can buy Aww. and it says all dogs go to heaven. And I found his comedy routine that he talks about. He says that it's right there in the Bible. Psalm 36. What does the Bible say? (laughs) I mean, I had to run and look it up. Of course. I want to hear it. Yeah. So it's your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. Oh. So he says it is right there. Sure. And dogs should be symbols of Christianity. And he gave this example. Okay. He said, you step on a dog's paw and you feel so bad. And you bend down to see how he is. And what does the dog do? He kisses you. He licks your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, that's a Christian. It's forgiving. It's loving. It's unconditional love. That's how we should be with people. Aww. And he said in the audience, I mean, this huge audience of people, and he says, I can prove that your dog loves you more than your wife. And, what? Yeah, and he singles out, you know, this husband and wife in the audience. Or okay. This, you know, man and woman sitting there. And, you know, how, how do you know that my dog loves me more than my wife? What? That's crazy. And he's like, listen, when you get home, you lock your wife in the trunk for an hour and you lock your dog in the trunk for an hour. And after the hour, <laughs> see who is more happy to see you. That's funny, Cal. <laughs> yeah. And the wife was like, I don't, I don't want to be in I the mean, trunk for an hour. A human being shouldn't be locked in a trunk. I have a quote from a 2017 interview that he did with the Baptist Standard, a periodical. And he wrote about his music and about his comedy. And this is what he said. Attention, please. I want people to leave the shows knowing that God is crazy about them. Mm. It's mainly Christians who are attending these shows. And hopefully they are bringing friends who don't know the Lord. 
I want people to hear about the Lord in a way that is attractive and leads them to want a personal relationship with him. And I mean, isn't that like the goal of every ministry? Mm -hmm. Whether you're trying to reach people through music, gospel, hymns, rap, heavy metal, comedy, Mm. theater. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We want to use all art forms to get people to learn about who God is. Right. And you know, God uses all these talents. And I mean, he created creative people and talented people and funny people. So why shouldn't we be using those talents to further his kingdom? I mean, if we thought that God wanted it all to be about hymns or all to be about classical music, then that's all the people would be able to do. I mean, he gave us gifts to do all sorts of different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I just love different genres of the performing arts, mm-hmm. bringing people and ministering to people. And sharing the gospel. Yeah, I, I think mean, at it's the end amazing. of the day, we're sharing this this song especially, mm-hmm. talks about who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. If you had any question, right. this is who Jesus is. He's the great I am. Mm-hmm. He's the lamb of God. Mm-hmm. He walks on water. I mean, he's perfect and spotless. Yeah. So obviously COVID has stopped Mark's touring. I'm just impressed with him that he kind of, you know, changed up his, his ministry to do something that was still effective. And he has Mondays with Mark. Ooh. It's live on YouTube. It's the first Monday of the month. Okay. So it'll be the day this podcast It'll airs. be t- today, right. Yeah. So if you're listening today, go and find his YouTube channel. All right, we should totally do that. Yeah, it is a complete sing-along. And it's live. He's sitting there. He has a pianist with him. Okay. One of the ones that I saw, he had a a female singer as well. And they just, like, open their mouth, and they're in three-part harmony. Right. And they're just singing. And they're like, how about this one? And they really have that Gaither sound. Yeah. And and people are commenting, and they're live, and they're watching. It's huge, Carrie. It's huge. Okay. I mean, if we did a Monday sing-along, how many people would watch? It would be like six. It'd be awesome, but it would be like six people. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was so fun to watch. That's awesome. And I, I just think that he figured out a way to keep ministering to people, Yeah. to keep sharing the gospel. And he is on Amazon Prime, you guys. He has a television show oh. called Dinner Conversations. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime. It's Dinner Conversations with Mark Lowry and Andrew Greer. And I looked up Andrew Greer. He's kind of awesome, too. He was also from Texas, lives in Tennessee now. He's a seven-time Dove Award-nominated singer, songwriter, producer, author, TV and podcast host. Okay. He's known for his old soul sound and his thoughtful conversations. Ooh. Yep. All right. So is his show like free for Amazon Prime? No, it's $1.99 an episode. Okay. okay. So it's not expensive. Yeah, no, that's okay. And- on this television show, it's Mark and Andrew sit down with different people and they have conversations. He sat down with Sandy Patty. Oh. Point of Grace, Mark Schultz, Travis Cottrell, who I know because we've done his songs at yeah. church many, many times. Right. Choir, praise band. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And so, yeah, you can watch his shows. It's on Amazon Prime. Good for him. And, you know, they just started out as like him loving podcast hosts. And now look at they're doing a show for a dollar ninety nine. I mean, I mean, Carrie and I could have dinner conversations on Amazon Prime, and our dinner conversations would be like with mom <laughs> and dad, and then dad, and would invite Bruce Cochran back. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, I just think it's so neat to see these two men doing so well. Right, but it's really like coming up and bubbling out of their love for music, for God. For worship. Yeah. So check them out, you guys. Yeah, we'll totally share all their information with you. So it's so funny, Kelly, because I'm going to talk about Buddy Green. Right. And I have this quote by Buddy Green. I actually wasn't going to say this quote until the very end, but I feel like so compelled to say it right now. So Buddy Green was a singer, guitarist, and harmonica player, and he wanted to do like country music and bluegrass and gospel. Mm -hmm. And he has this quote where he says, I didn't really fit into any format. And when the Gaithers found him, they kind of thought he was original and different and unique. And they wanted to pull him into their music. They he, he they didn't really have anybody like him. And I find it interesting that both Mark and Buddy mm. have this, like, unique take of the performing arts. Right. And what they can contribute to a worship service. It's not what you would expect. Right. We're not expecting to hear from a comedian. Right. We're not expecting to hear music from like, a... 
harmonica player. And bluegrass. Right. And so this just goes to show you how God will use your gifts in any way. Right. I think our listeners are familiar with the Gaithers. I mean, we've talked about them before. Okay. What's some Gaither tunes that everyone knows? Oh, my gosh. Well, Because He Lives, right? Yes. Because Because He Lives, the Gaithers wrote that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But there's something about that name. I mean, that's such a sweet one. Sweet. And then, of course, everybody loves He Touched Me. So the Gaithers are responsible for a lot of, like, modern hymns, modern gospel songs. Which don't seem modern anymore, but no, they were at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we will probably highlight them on a podcast episode coming oh, up. It's hard to believe we haven't yet. I know. It's true. Um, but yeah, so 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 Buddy and Mark met while touring right. with the Gaithers, and this is so cool. Michael English, who was an American Christian singer, mm-hmm. was the first artist to record and release the song in 1991, and he also was performing with the Gaither vocal band along with Mark and Buddy. Right. And then after he did it, I mean, it was recorded so many times. Winona Judd right. and Kenny Rogers yes. released it. It was number 55 on the country chart. Reba McIntyre, Rascal Flatts, Scotty McCreary. Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah. And it was most re- recently seen by Jordan Smith, who won The Voice. Right, in season nine. Mm-hmm. So Are, tell us about this Buddy Green, because, I mean, I don't know how many harmonica players are that famous, but this guy's kind of awesome. I'm, don't even get me started. I... If you told me you're going to be so moved, Carrie, by a harmonica player that you're going to have tears in your eyes, well, I'd, I mean, probably, that, that, I'd that's, probably believe that's, that. That's not, that's not that unbelievable. <laughs> I'm telling you, I hear him play and I actually get a little choked up. You've <laughs> never heard a harmonica like this before. What our listeners don't know is that we've tried to play the harmonica. <laughs> we have like a really nice set of harmonicas in different keys. Well, you hear this guy and you're like, okay, I want to try it again. Okay. Like, I want to try it. Okay. All right, so let's hear about Buddy okay. Green. Buddy Rufus Green was born on October 30th, 1953 in Macon, Georgia. Now, he really, Kelly, started performing as a young child. He was 10 years old. But his first big break came when, as a young man, he was a singer, a guitarist, and a harmonica player for country superstar Jerry Reed. Now, he worked with Jerry Reed for four years, from 1983 to 1987. Now, do you know Jerry Reed, Kel? No, I don't think so. I mean, he is like a country superstar. I feel like people who know country music know him. But I have to tell you that we know him in my house. My boys and my husband love the movies Smokey and the Bandit. So in the late 70s and early 80s, we had Burt Reynolds, and his sidekick was the snowman. He was so funny in these movies, and he even sang. Do you know the song from Smokey and the Bandit? It's, no. Yes, you do. You do. It's Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. Trucking. I don't know. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like after my kids watched... Smokey and the Bandit, they wanted to learn how to play the song. They thought it sounded really cool. As soon as I hear it, it's just very distinctive. Like, I know it. Oh, that's from Smokey and the Bandit. That's so funny. We haven't talked about a movie on Him Talk, Twin Talk in a while. Where's our music sound? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the movies. When did we ever think that we would talk about Smokey and the Bandit on our end on episode? Never. (laughs) So that's Jerry Reed. So he's in it. And, um, you know, he has his big hits. He has a lot of hits. But big hits, When You're Hot, You're Hot. Lord Mr. Ford, and she got the gold mine, I got the shaft. Um, but yeah, so he Great worked titles. with him for four years. Now, what's really interesting here is that right before he started working for Jerry Reed, this is when Buddy Green becomes a Christian. We have a quote. We have another quote. I love okay. it. <clears throat> Attention, please. He said, actually, I had just become a believer when I got that job. It was a great learning experience for me as I had to learn what it means to be in the world and not of it. Mm. I mean, can you imagine, Kelly? We're talking about in the 80s touring uh, the country with this country music superstar. And so he eventually leaves that to work for the Gaithers. Right. Yep. And then he was with Bill and Gloria Gaither. That's where he met Mark Lowry. And we got to, you know, hear him play his harmonica playing hymns and gospel songs and spirituals. So all of his recordings can be found on his website and on YouTube. But if you go to buddygreen.com, you'll see it. The guy has a ton of music. Now, 
one of the coolest things I saw him do, and this is the thing that maybe got me a little choked up. <laughs> Tell us. So he was at Carnegie Hall performing with the Gaithers in 2002. And, you know, he sort of comes up to the to the microphone and they talk for a little bit. And it's like, you know, you know, the harmonica is a joke instrument. Like, how what songs can you really play? And it's not real music <laughs> or it's not serious music. And he proceeds to play classical music. He plays Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring. He plays Bach. He plays William Tell Overture. And hearing those classical music songs come out of a harmonica, it blew me away. Oh. I've never heard anything like it. I mean, it's incredible. To hear him play, it really looks like like something magical is happening. Because especially the way he plays, he almost covers the entire harmonica. Right. Like, you don't even see it. Right. And it's just, he just has his hands, and you don't know how the music is coming out. It's pretty incredible. Right. So I have a couple of fun facts. Okay. He performed at numerous Billy Graham Crusades. Wow. Most notably the 1992 New York Crusade Ugh. in Central Park before a crowd of 250,000 people. Wow. Yeah. He also, another fun fact, he performed the harmonica with Brenda Lee singing oh. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree uh. at a Nashville Christmas event. And what a versatile musician. Yeah. I mean, he's playing with the Gaithers. He's playing mm -hmm. with Billy Graham. He's playing with Brenda Lee. He's playing with Jerry Reed. He made an appearance on the Craig Ferguson show, and he totally played harmonica. I mean, I hope he's listening. I do, too. <laughs> and maybe he can get us on the Craig Ferguson show. I don't even know what the Craig Ferguson show is, but I do But I do know it's like late night, hey, right? Craig's listening, too. We love that show, <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> so, Buddy Greed, it was awesome learning about him. I just, I, I would not never have said, like, I'm a fan of bluegrass like that's not the kind of music I gravitate right, towards right. but hearing him play the harmonica the way he plays and seeing him put those classical mm -hmm. tunes to it it just it's very impressive the guy is talented yeah. uh, there's no doubt about it and you know it kind of makes sense that these two really versatile mm -hmm. Christian artists would create something that has such versatility too right I mean it's done by so many singers. It's done by in so many styles. It's done by choirs. Mm -hmm. It's done by an acapella group. Mm -hmm. It's done by soloists. You know, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its share of problems. Right. So there are people with very strong opinions about this song. I know. You should Google it and say, what's wrong with Mary Did You Know? <laughs> people get really mad. I mean, I love it. I think it's pretty. I think the message is fine. But I can see some of the criticisms. Right. So one of the criticisms is that Mary was a young woman growing up in the in a Jewish family. So of course she knew. She had been taught from a young age that the Messiah was coming. So like asking her the questions is kind of pointless and maybe maybe it's kind of discrediting her education and her knowledge that she had. And then the other one is is that of all the people in the story, mm -hmm. the one who would know is Mary. I know. She's the one who knows she's pregnant. She feels the baby in her belly. Right. She knows it's happening. And she also knows that she did not do anything to have this baby on her right. own. So of all the people, I mean, even Joseph could be like, well, you know, oh, maybe. Really? Right, yeah. right. I mean, the angel did eventually talk to him. But she's the one who absolutely knows for certain she, it had to be from she God. She feels the life inside of her. There was no doubt as, as to what was happening. Well, I also read some somewhere, you know, that people thought it was like sexist. Like, yes. there's not songs that go on and ask, you know, question after question and qu after question of, like, King David right. or Noah. I mean, Or Joseph. Or Joseph. I mean, th the men just seem to know, and it's only the woman who has to be asked these questions. Like, right. did you really get it? Right. Yeah. I can hear the criticism, mm -hmm. and I can, I can understand it. But the thing is, is, like, when we think of motherhood, pregnancy, I mean— right. It is a huge mystery. Every mother I've ever talked to says they had no idea they could love this much. Right. They had no idea it would be this wonderful. They had no idea it would be this uh, so gratifying. I mean, there are a lot of things that we go into motherhood not knowing. Right. So to say, like, you don't know exactly, you know, that I think that makes perfect sense. Right. And such a specific question, like, did you know that he would one day walk on water? Yeah, probably, like, probably, probably not. not. Probably I mean, not. I, you know, he might do some cool stuff. <laughs> he might have make. He might do some miracles, but like, who knows? Who which knows? Ones. Yeah. I mean, so I don't mind the question yeah. so much, especially like surrounding motherhood. But on the other hand, we do talk about the music and the 
words that we sing, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. the words of our heart, being the words in our head, being the words that we live by. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're singing things and continuing the story of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that is truthful, that is gospel. So, you know, I can see how people might want to come down a little hard on it because mm. they want to be true. So can we answer the questions? Can of course we, we can. What did Mary know? What did Mary know? Well, Mary knew that she had found favor with God. The angel says to her in Luke chapter 1, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So Mary knew that. Everyone agrees that Mary was special, Mm -hmm. that she was chosen, and that she was blessed. Mm -hmm. What else did Mary know? Well, Mary knew she would give birth to a son, and she would name him Jesus. So we read in Matthew 1, 21, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So yes, Mary Mary knew. (laughs) Then Mary knew that Jesus, this baby that was going to be born, was the son of God, the son of the most high. We go right back to Luke chapter one. He will be great and he will be called son of the most high. She knew those things. Mary also knew because she was a young Jewish girl who went to temple and learned that Jesus would be from the kingly line of David Mm -hmm. and that God would give him David's throne, an eternal kingdom that will never end. I mean, that was something they all knew about the Messiah. And Joseph was from the line of David, and she knew that too. Yes. So when people have problems with the questions, I think maybe the problem is that they never get answered. Answered. So here we are. Here we are. We're answering them for you. (laughs) Yes. Mary knew. A resounding yes yes to all of that. The questions are considered rhetorical. They could easily be answered with a yes. And even when we know the biblical answers, don't we still ponder the questions? I know. Don't we all? It's a good exercise to do. Regardless of how much Mary did or didn't understand, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's different. Mm -hmm. These are huge concepts that are given to her. Even Mary asked, how is this possible? Right. She did ask a question. So asking questions isn't bad. Right. Asking questions isn't bad. And if as long as we... I have a, a right and humble heart seeking the answers. You know, we're not coming with, I know all the answers. Mm-hmm. We're like actually honestly seeking them. I think the poetic license that Mark Lowry ha- used in this song is totally fine. Mary knew that this was going to happen. She knew that she was going to give birth to a baby who was going to be the savior of the world, mm-hmm. but she didn't know how that was going to pan out. Look no. at all the things that Jesus did that surprised his followers. Right. He came in on a donkey he never fought back you know when they were accusing him and beating him he he did a lot of things that were surprising so of course there's no way mary could have known all of the things right so it's time to now listen yeah to this music this music okay so mark lowry's words buddy green's music performed by the east valley chorale conducted by bruce cochran enjoy you guys enjoy this performance of mary did you know Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters?
could one day walk on water, Mary, did you know that your baby boy could save our sons and daughters? Right, so that was the East Valley Chorale. His, their music, you guys, is everywhere. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Amazon, Apple Music, iTunes. He, they have quite a few recordings out there. They have two Christmas albums plus a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, some Easter ones, too. So definitely check them out. It was really nice to hear some choral singing, yeah. some nice SATB music. Yep, those rich harmonies. So, I mean, they asked the questions, I don't know, 17 times, <laughs> and we will tell you that the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> Mary did know. <laughs> all right, so we'll share all of Bruce Cochran's information with you. We'll also share Buddy and Mark because yeah. they're like our good friends now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buddy, Mark. <laughs> So we'll be back in two weeks with another Christmas song. Yeah. I can't wait for you to hear that one. All right, and we'll be back on December 12th for our birthday bonus episode. Yes, and please interact with us on social media. We have our big 12 days of birthdays. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, you don't want to miss that. You know, that's a big <laughs> deal, you guys. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on Kim Talk, Twin Talk. Talk. Bye.